All right, so I'll start five, four, three, two, one. My name is Clarence Rick Napier, the CEO of 321 BizDev LLC, located in Sacramento County, California. Our website is 321bizdev.com and our phone number is 415-465-1700. Today's podcast guest is a returning guest and her name is Cherry Frame. And Cherry is a native Californian, but recently moved to the state of Oklahoma. So good afternoon, Cherry. How are you doing? Good afternoon. I'm doing very well. Thank you. All right. So again, Cherry, I want to thank you for being a returning guest. And you are a 321 BizDev client. And I know that you recently moved from California, which you are, you're a native Californian. And you decided yeah. to move to Oklahoma. But first, before we talk about uh, your your business and your, your financial services business, your, plan, your financial planning services, please tell our listening audience how we met. We met at an insurance, uh, an office where there's um, the people provide insurance for people. And we were taught how to go around and prospect and talk to people about it to make sales. And I was trying to follow all the regulations and the methods that they had and nothing was working. Even the, the person who was teaching me um, didn't, it didn't work at all with him when I went out with him just sitting there watching. <laughs> so I knew that something else had to happen and then when you, Rick, came along and you started giving us a sale, how to do sales, it, I, my eyes just opened up and I thought, oh my goodness, this makes it so easy because it seemed before like it was so difficult to do. It just seemed like no matter what I was doing, it wasn't right. I was afraid to say this and afraid to say that, that sort of information or muddledness, I should say, was going around in my mind. But then when you started explaining everything, how it's, it's, it's just building a relationship with someone and getting to know them and not being afraid to talk with them and just finding out who they are and what their needs are, it was so much easier to do. I just felt so, my word is, comfortable <laughs> with it. So that's how I met you. Excellent, excellent. And um, can you tell the people how, what what trip you 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 won as a result of changing your your performance from where it was to where it had uh, increased? You know, about maybe four yes. or five years ago. Yes. Well, um, I had we had you. They had a trip that you could win to um, Mexico. And I was able to sell enough um, product, I should say, uh, insurance and annuities to have enough uh, commission so that I, within a certain period of time, so that I qualified for the trip. And it was a lot of fun to go down to Mexico. I hadn't been in that area before and, and being on the cruise ship and going out to Catalina Island. And it, it was just, it was just a lot of fun. And I really, really enjoyed it. Excellent. Excellent. 
So Terry, uh, Terry, my next question is, please tell our audience about your work history just for a few minutes. Okay. Actually, my degree, my undergraduate degree is in nursing. So I have my bachelor's of science in nursing. And I did some hospital nursing, raised my two boys. It's my husband traveled around in the Air Force. And then after the second one went to college, I was able to get into an area of nursing that is kind of out of the mainstream. It was geriatric care management. And as with all the geriatric people now that we have, a lot of them really needed somebody to come in and help them because lots of times family was across the world or across the nation. And they needed someone to come in and make sure that they had people coming in regularly to feed them, um, help them get dressed, and make sure that you know their bills got paid, that sort of thing. And so that's what I did for about, I want to say probably about seven years. And then I found out that the state had a program that where they were uh, allowing nurses to have businesses and contract with the state to help get people out of skilled nursing and into an assisted living, which made it a lot more cost effective for the state. And it allowed me to actually spend time with the clients where lots of times nurses in hospitals don't get to spend time with the clients at all. They just go in there, give them a shot, look at something, put something in the computer and boom, they're gone. You know, they're in there for five minutes. That's a long time. This allowed me to go and actually sit and talk with people. And most uh, families were so grateful because they didn't know what to do because they were working. They had kids. And then mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle had dementia and they couldn't be left alone. And it was too expensive for them to put them in an, a skilled nursing facility on their own. So these people ended up on uh, Medi-Cal, the rest of the states call it Medicaid. So I did that for about another seven years or so. So that was my background. So I kind of saw the, the acute care and I saw the chronic care. For people and I thought it fit really well with understanding these new types of insurance policies that are available. Excellent, excellent. And then you had um, an opportunity to, to take a look, I, I believe, at an insurance product. And is that how is that what led you to work in the financial services industry? Yes, I actually bought one for myself because um, my dad, my, not my dad, my husband had passed away in 2003. And since I had homeschooled my kids until they went to college, I didn't really have a work history during that period of time. Therefore, I didn't have a 401k. I didn't have an IRA all built up. And... I needed to know that there was something that was available for me. Now, I still have um, TRICARE because my husband was in the Air Force, so I have medical care, and it's like a supplement to Medicare, but I didn't really have a retirement plan. And what this, that was one of the things that was most attractive to me about this new life insurance policies that they have 
is that I can turn on an income and my policy actually gives me income until I get to 120. Um, if, if I needed it later on, if I, if I don't need it, not a big deal. It's, it's a loan against the policy, but they will allow you to take money out of the policy on a monthly basis for years and years and years if you need it. And I thought, well, both of my sons are doing excellent, really very well. They're well cared for. So uh, when I reach, I have to get money out of mine by the time I reach 85. But you can start taking it when you're 60 or 65 if you want to. It depends on how much you've got built up. I didn't get mine until I was 63. So, and I didn't find out about it until I was 63. So it. I'm spent, I'm kind of behind the power curve a little bit, uh, getting money into my policy. Great, great. So, you now live in Oklahoma, but you are a native California or native Californian. What is what is like like what is life like in Oklahoma compared to California? And I know it's a loaded question, but I'll let you answer it any way you please. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let's start out. Um, the weather does have some tornadoes around here. Uh, fortunately, none of them came near me. And during the summer, it's a lot more humid. But it's very, very nice. The people seem to be very, very friendly. There are no mask mandates. There are no vaccination mandates. There's uh, none of that. I will say that homes are a little bit less expensive than they are in California. In fact, actually, they're a lot less expensive. I sold my home and was able to buy a home here for it's over 2,000 square feet for cash. And that was a real blessing for me. So I don't have to put out a mortgage every month. So it works out really, really well for people who are moving here, especially from a state like California. It's um, other than that, I've, you know, I, I have not found anybody that has been nasty, rude, coming up to me saying, you got to put this on, you got to put your mask on or anything. And, and then, you know, and I go in all the, the local stores here, including Walmart and Reesers and, and some of the other markets. And it doesn't matter where I go. I never, Home Depot, Lowe's, doesn't matter. I, I don't have, nobody asks me anything. And I walk in without them on. Mm -hmm. So I, that's much more comfortable. <laughs> so, nice. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you feel more like you're free here. That sounds great. <laughs> I'm telling you, mm -hmm. that does sound great. So here's my next question. Okay. So how likely are Californians leaving the state, leaving the state, bringing uh -huh. lots of cash with them to either Oklahoma, Texas, Georgia, South Carolina, Mississippi, Louisiana. How likely do you think that is based on what you know and what you have seen from other Californians who have left the state? It's extremely likely, like me, like I did, I uh, had cash to buy a house. And when I actually, when I bought this house and I had before 
it went through, you know, you have the inspection. The people that were inspecting my house that day had two other houses to go inspect, and they were both in the nine from the 916 area code, mm. which was Sacramento. And they were buying their homes for cash. And that's happening a lot because my my real the realtor that helped me she says a lot of people are moving here and she says it's taking 45 days for the homes to close just because there's so many and even for the cash buyers so wow. it's it's very like and i'm assuming that texas and those other states that you mentioned are the same way so you're saying the volume is so high even with the cash buyer it's taking 45 days to close because they're so they're so far behind with all the work that needs to be done to get the house right. to close in escrow. Right. I mean, that's that's something else. That says a lot about the the number of people coming to Oklahoma. So you think what what else can people do with this extra cash? Let's say for instance someone's leaving California and they're heading to Texas or Georgia or Oklahoma. What other things can they do with this, with the cash, with regard to financial services? Well, it would be most people when they've got a lot of extra cash. What they want to do is they want to find a vehicle to put it in, so that they can earn money on it and have the use of it later on. And there are a couple of different things. I mean, there, there's a lot of different things that they can do, and there are pros and cons to everyone. The ones that are the safest, though, are insurance policies and annuities. And if you put them in there, and you can use that money. I mean, if you don't really need the money, you can put it in for grandkids to go to college, or if they, you don't want them to go to college, they go to a trade school of some sort. And they have some several very good ones out here in Tulsa, which is where I am. But they, it's it gives them an opportunity to invest their money in two things that are going to be very, very strongly guaranteed, and they're not going to lose it in the market. Not that there's anything wrong with putting money in the market. I'm nothing against people putting money in the market, but you don't want to always put everything in one spot. And I. I had money in the market, and it did not work out all that well for me. Even having a financial planner help me with it, and so I ended up taking money out of the market, and that's what I used to buy my life insurance policy with. And I'm very happy with it because I know it's always there. It I don't have to be concerned. Is the market going to take a big? Dip or something. So anybody goes in the market is going to have to be careful with that. But I mean, these life insurance policies are all also invested in the market, but they're very conservative with their investments. And nice. the annuities are the same way. Yes. So when so they're earning money. Sometimes when the market goes down, you're still earning money. Like in my policy, the market goes down. I don't lose any money in my policy. When it goes up, I just start going back up again. So it it these two vehicles make it much easier for people to feel like they've got some security 
financial security for them that it's not kind of it's not going to be whittled away you know with a bunch of uh people having these big sell-offs and which you which the small investor has no control over because it's institutional mm -hmm. investors that do all that kind of thing mm -hmm. so they need it it's just really good for them to know that they've got you know it's like a foundation it's a foundation it's just like my house has a foundation that's what these things are their foundations they're going to always be there and then you know if you want to play in the market with some other money that's fine but that's that's my way of looking at it nice nice i totally understand so let's mm -hmm. say cherry you had two groups of people you had someone in their 30s that you were working with and someone in their 50s or older just in general what type of plan would you recommend uh, for people in their 30s there in uh, Oklahoma or in other places where you're licensed compared with people in their 50s or 60s okay and people in their 30s there's kind of two ways of looking at it one of them is how much income do they have and do they have any children if they have if they don't have a lot of income but they do have children they absolutely need life insurance you even if it's just term life insurance you need something so that your kids and your wife or your husband are taken care of in case something happens to you and you can't work or heaven forbid pass away from something and as we've seen some people do from the vaccine and from the virus and stuff totally unexpected now if the person has a good job and they're doing well i would recommend that they get a policy that builds cash value because the cash value has a long time before they retire to build up money in it that's going to be tax free when they get it out and so you you have to look at each individual situation um mm -hmm. i i got a million dollars for my younger son but his income wasn't that much at the time so he got um the i got him basically five policies that we kind of laddered it to end at different times for $52 a month but that that was what he could afford at the time so you get what you can afford at the time and then as your income goes up as you get a promotion as you uh, you know as you're making maybe you get a better job and you got more money then you definitely need to look at something that's going to build up cash value for you mm -hmm. so that is my idea of something for a 30 year old for somebody who's 50 an annuity or even like I got my life insurance at 63 but still if an annuity would be really good for somebody in their 50s cuz usually they got some cash stacks maybe they don't want to put it in the market and there are some really great annuities out there there's lots of different kinds of annuities out there now some of them will even give you money out of it if you have to go into a skilled nursing facility for a while they'll mm -hmm. they'll pay you even though technically under normal circumstances they wouldn't do that but this they can so i mean there's all kinds of annuities that and you can look 
your agent should be able to look through and find which one is the best one for you. And then, you know, you get to choose what you think is best. So that is my take on the two different age groups. All right. Thank you very much. Now, from a, from a personal interaction level in terms of, you know, working your business mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and how you've been working your business for the last, you know, probably five to eight years, why do you think some people uh, or some businesses fail uh, when it comes to, you know, working with the person from start to finish? What do you see as areas where people may fail in their business? Um, well, there are several, <laughs> and I think I've done them all through my businesses, but anyway, um, <laughs> well, when I had my geriatric care management business, I had a captive audience, so that was not an issue. I didn't have to go find them. They were calling me. Uh, when I started this, it was different. I had to learn to go out and prospect. I would guess that probably learning to prospect or being willing to prospect is probably one of the biggest drawbacks for people because lots of times they just don't feel comfortable going out and talking with people, mm -hmm. especially strangers. You know, that could, that could be one. Another one is that the technique they use is they come across as a very salesy person and people don't like to be sold. People want to buy something. They want to see the value of it and say, yeah, that's a good deal. You know, if they go buy a car, you know, and they've got, I don't know, $40,000 to spend on a car, you know, they're going to go out and they're going to test drive it. They're going to look at it. Is it the right color? You know, does it smell good? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and um, they're going. So they're going to go. Maybe they'll check. You know, a Mercedes or, or I don't know, a, a Lexus or something like that. They may go out and they may try two or three different cars, and whichever one they like the best is the one that has sold them that this is the car you want. And generally, the car salesman, the less talking he does. The more he listens, the more he allows them to spend time with the car that they're interested in is is better because the people get an opportunity to actually think and ask themselves questions and they don't feel like they're being pushed into a car. Exactly. You know, it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, well, I was on the receiving end of, of, of that and we just said, no, we left. You know, we, and even we though went you to wanted a, to buy a car, you're basically saying uh -huh. that the salesperson pushed you away just on their attitude, behavior, and uh, yeah. lack of professionalism. Oh yeah, we went into a Honda dealer in Sacramento, um, and they we told them exactly what we wanted, and he tried pushing us into another car because they'd gotten a, a whole bunch of them in, and they were told they had to sell them. We told them, no, we didn't want that car. And they tried, you know, all the little tricks and we left. We told them, no. You know, that, that was not, that was not the way to get us to buy a car. And we went someplace else and we tried a car and we liked it. And that is the one that we purchased. Nobody sold it to us. Nice. And the people there, they just did the paperwork 
that they had to do to, yeah. put, to get the car and, get, and give you the keys. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So, Cherry, you are licensed in what states? In which states? Well, right now, I know I'm licensed in Oklahoma. I have to check my uh, Florida license. I did have one in Georgia, but that one had expired while I was taking care of my dad before I moved to Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. so. All right. So do you have any, uh, so what would be your best clients? I know you were talking about a, a product that you were uh, uh, working with in California and this product is primarily like a, a high net worth uh, individual product. Can you talk about that briefly? Yes, it's, uh, it's designed for people who can put in, uh, I want to say, around $20,000 a year for about five years. Mm -hmm. and, and then that's it. They don't put any more money in at all. And they, it's put into a trust. And so they can, that money is just going to grow in there and grow in there and grow in there until they decide they want to take it out if they want to, or they don't have to. But it's mm -hmm. for people who have a, a lot of money. I mean, you can invest more than that. And the initial, the initial uh, amount for a policy, I believe, is $2 million, and it goes up to either 4 or $5 million. So, but it's for people who uh, who have a lot of money to put in exactly on for five years, the same amount for five years, and then that way. It's, so it's not for people that uh, maybe need to take money out monthly, maybe three hundred dollars a month. It's not for people who can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. This other one is for people who have a lot of net worth and they just decided that they want to put some money away like that into something as a hedge against inflation and maybe some things going on in the market. And usually these people have have had prosperous businesses, but it, it's money that they do not have to report to the IRS because it, when they take it out, they take it out as a loan. And therefore, they can have some income later on in case the, well, look at all the businesses that failed. How many businesses went through all their savings and everything that they had just to survive if they did? So people who had purchased these types of policies would still have their policy there. And they wouldn't have to be concerned about being totally destitute. Nice. I love it. So, Cherry, what is the best number for people to contact you? My number, I did keep a California number. Uh, my number, a lot of people out here have kept numbers from various places. Uh, my number is 916-899-1743. All righty. Well, Cherry, do you have any closing comments uh, before we end the podcast interview? I would just like to say that uh, people need to reconsider their views of, let's say, life insurance and annuities. They have at times received some bad press, and you may still see some bad press about them. The fact of the matter is they've been around for oh, well over a century. In fact, 
um, annuities were around during the Roman times. That's how the Roman soldiers were paid. So they've been around a long time. They are successful and they do fill a little niche in your in your portfolio that uh, is, you know, you get it, you put it away, you sometimes forget about it, and until later on when you need it, you go taking it out, you say, oh, wow, look at this. I'm so glad mm -hmm. I had it. And that is what it's for. When my husband passed away, it was really nice to have the life insurance policies. And he, he passed away at 57. So it was really nice for me because I couldn't get medic, uh, social security or anything. So I would just like to say, um, check it out. You know, we we have great products available now and they've really improved and they're much more consumer friendly than they used to be. All right, nice. Well, anyway, Cherry, I want to thank you for being a guest on the 321 BizDev uh, podcast. And uh, you have a great day, have a great weekend. And I look forward to working with you uh, there to help your Oklahoma uh, uh, clients with their, you know, insurance uh, needs as, as a person helping you find prospects. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it and looking forward to working with you. All right, then. Take care. Make it a great day. Okay. You too. Bye.